Hey Badgers fans, it's John Veldheis from BadgerBlitz.com. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone that if you like the show, to make sure that you're subscribed on iTunes so you can get new episodes right on your phone. And if you like what we're doing here, we'd appreciate it if you left us a review so that other Wisconsin fans can find us in the podcast directory. And if you like the show and want more in-depth discussion about Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, head on over to BadgerBlitz.com to sign up for a premium membership. It's less than $9 a month and it gives you VIP access to John McNamara's recruiting news and scoops and my insider content like practice reports and game day analysis. Not to mention the Badgers Den, our premium member forum. With so much going on in the world of Wisconsin sports, there's never been a better time to sign up. Head on over to BadgerBlitz.com and click on the subscribe button to sign up today. Welcome back to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is John Veldheis from BadgerBlitz.com. I'm joined once again by John McNamara and Jonathan Mills. Uh, back for another week as we uh, get ready for uh, Wisconsin's upcoming football game, a road trip to uh, to Illinois. How are you guys doing this week? Doing very well. Doing good. That's good. So, you know, we're kind of in the, the interesting part of, the, of Wisconsin's schedule in the, in the, in the sense that, I, I don't know about you guys, but these – games have just been kind of blending together for me. Um, and I just kind of, I feel like it's going to carry on that way for the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, so we thought we would kind of mix things up a little bit and, you know, rather than, um, you know, do kind of a, a detailed breakdown of uh, what we w- saw against Maryland, we were talking before the show and uh, we, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, something that a storyline that uh, we think might develop a little bit more over the the, the weeks and uh, months to come down the road. And that's kind of the, the emergence of uh, Garrett Groshek as a an interesting player in, uh, in, in part of Wisconsin's offense. Uh, Badgers got him in, uh, I think that was the Purdue game, as a, a Wildcat you know, quarterback for a, a brief time. And then they've given him a couple snaps at, uh, as a regular running back since then. And he's really looked like he's had uh, kind of a spark. Um, and... You know, we were just talking before the show, and uh, I guess I'm curious. You know, do you feel like that, there, John McNamara? Why don't we start with you? Do you feel like that this is, you know, the start of, you know, something that could develop into, you know, uh, where Groshek could be kind of a, a useful player for the Badgers for a longer term? You know, maybe that that Wildcat package wasn't just a, a flash in the pan, so to speak. Yeah, well, first of all, I think it really speaks to uh, the portion of the season that they're at right now that we're opening the podcast talking about Garrett Groshek. Um, <laughs> but you know, like you said, it just it feels like a lot of these games have blended together. So I think you look for for some takeaways, and um, you know, like you like you talked about Groshek. Um, I I told you this before the show. I, I thought that he reminds me of when we used to watch a Goomba Wally, a Diary Goomba Wally at the end of games. Um, you know, when he was kind of playing in that mop-up time when he converted from cornerback to, to tailback. And um, I kind of had in my mind, and I'm sure other people did, when you watched him, you said, well, you know, he could give you something down the road. And, and that's kind of how I feel with Groshek, too. And, um, you know, he runs the ball hard, and he's, he's been effective. And, and I completely understand, the, you know, the situation of the games that he's played in. Uh, but against Purdue, you know, those those two Wildcat runs were huge for Wisconsin to, to seal that game up. And, uh, you know, being a high school quarterback, uh, I just think that, you know, he, he adds a wrinkle there because he can throw the ball. He, you know, he came to Wisconsin, he played that first year at, at quarterback. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, it's it's not a yeah, – It's a not huge... like he's going to forget how to throw the ball if you wanted to uh, to mix that in. Uh, right, have right. Have a, a player so, two in that package. 
and he he's certainly taken advantage of some injuries to Chris James, and you know Bradrick Shaw's been dinged up, and Taiwan Deals off of the season now. So um, I don't want to make it anything bigger than it is. I think just you know coming off a game against Maryland and, and with Illinois on the docket next, this is you know you kind of look for some interesting things to talk about now. In, in a couple of years, we'll see what what happens with Groshek, but it just he's an interesting player right now, and some of that some of that's kind of caught my attention. I think it also kind of speaks to you know the the trust uh, that the the coaching staff has in him. I mean, it, it can take a while for you know, guys to kind of uh, work their way you know onto the field, but he's only a redshirt freshman, um, and to you know to give him uh, those snaps, particularly against uh, the the, the Boilermakers two weeks ago at a time where you know, the Badgers really needed to, to move the ball. I mean, they're not just going to throw him out there just for, you know, just for fun. Like they, they put him out there because, you know, he, they thought that he could, uh, he could give them something. And, you know, he, uh, he delivered with those two runs out of that package. And, you know, you've just kind of seen him taking some more snaps um, or, you know, we, we saw him get, get some more last week against Maryland. So I think that's a, a non, um, you know, something you can't just you can't just you know wave away. You know, they, it, it takes a lot to to work your way onto the field in you know uh, college football these days. And uh, the the fact that you know for a young guy they put him into a situation you know like that, I think speaks a lot about, about uh, the coaching staff thinks of him. Yeah, I I think it goes a lot for how Wisconsin has been kind of recruiting and developing their players. I mean, like you said before, this guy's a quarterback to in high school I think he passed for 441 sorry 41 touchdowns as a senior and he's already got this year on the ground he's rushing 168 yards averaging seven per play so I think it's not only exemplifies Groshek's work ethic I think it just shows kind of the path that this depth that this Wisconsin team has and how they try to incorporate players in as many opportunities and positions as they can and it just makes them a really well-rounded team. Yeah, depth depth has been another storyline too. You know, early on in this season, uh, with you know, I don't think they've been hit as bad with injuries as is you know, I guess as the Green Bay Packers or or maybe to that extreme. God, but, God forbid. But uh, you know, the the depth has been tested here. You know, you look at a guy like Jason Erdman, another walk on who's who filled in very nicely at left guard. Now he seems to be pushing for some more serious time. So. Um, you know, across the board, they've had they've had guys nicked up. They've had guys go off for the entire year, and they really haven't missed a beat. So, like, you know, like you said, Mills, the depth on this team is really impressive as well. And um, you know, Barry Alvarez used to call those walk-ons, uh, you know, mistake, you know, erasers. So, you know, they they certainly have proven to do that under Paul Christ as well. Yeah, and the depth at, at running back in particular has has come in real handy. I mean, like that's that's why you you know when when we were talking about their position by position depth uh, going into the season. You look at, you know, the running back room that had, uh, you know, at the time we were thinking that Bradrick Shaw and Chris James were going to be, you know, kind of your thunder and lightning guys. Um, and then they had a whole bunch of guys behind them and you're wondering how are you going to get them, you know, all involved or on the field. And, you know, over the course of the season, you know, things just tend to crop up to where, you know, you, you have, you know, like you were saying, you know, Bradrick Shaw has been, um, a little dinged up. He hasn't looked, you know, 100% over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Chris James has missed a couple of games. Uh, but that's why, you know, 
the Badgers uh, got a lot of reps to Rashid Ibrahim in fall camp, and he kind of proved that he was capable of handling uh, a large you know role in terms of like being a, a passing down back for the Badgers. Um, and so you've seen him, you know, ha- kind of have an increased role over the last two or three weeks. Um, and then you know you have Taiwan Deal, uh, who you know when he's been healthy and able to practice, he's looked pretty good. I, I mean, like I, I deal for, um, you know, just over the last couple of years or so, I, I remember it, it seems like every preseason or spring camp when he's been able to practice, he will have a run or two in practice where, you know, you watch him, you're like, wow, this, you know, he could really you know do some damage for, for the Badgers if he were to be able to get on the field. But, you know, he just uh, he was just ruled out for the season um, with a, a setback to that ankle injury that he's been dealing with really since uh, the you know midpoint of fall camp uh, earlier this year. And so, just I, it just goes to show you that you know you, it never hurts to have you know you, obviously Jonathan Taylor is going to be at Wisconsin for for a while, and uh, you know is going to be the the lead back for the foreseeable future. But you really need a bunch of guys that you know you can count on to. Uh, to contribute because otherwise you're going to run up, you know, in the middle of the season when you got two or three guys that are dinged up, maybe that maybe they can play, but they're not a hundred percent. I mean, it goes a long way to have, you know, a whole list of guys that you can, you know, kind of look down and say, yeah, I feel comfortable putting them in at, you know, and pretty much any point in the game. Yeah. Another guy, like you mentioned, Ibrahim too, when he transferred over, people said, you know, what, what, what was he thinking? You know, he's, he's going to be their fifth or sixth tailback and, He's never going to see the field. And, um, you know, Paul Chris said from, you know, the first time we got to talk with him about Ibrahim is that, you know, he thought he thought he could contribute on his team. He thought he was a good third down guy, a good receiver on the backfield. Maybe he could help on special teams. And uh, he's another guy who's kind of carved out a role. So, um, you know, like you talked about, you never really know what things are going to look like. Uh, you can certainly put things on paper. You know, if you were a couple years from, I guess you'd say, a couple years ago, you know, you were kind of working Wisconsin's tailback depth, and you said, you know, Antonio Williams and, and Jordan right. Stevenson, and uh, you know, now it's it's Jonathan Taylor and, and a host of other guys. So, uh, it, it you know, things change very quickly. Uh, nothing's really set in stone. I think this year certainly proved that. Yeah. Well, when we, uh, you know. We were talking a little bit about uh, recruiting there and touching on that. Why don't we, uh, before we talk a little bit about the uh, the men's basketball team's red-white scrimmage, which was uh, last Sunday, uh, John, why don't you uh, run down some of the important uh, recruiting things uh, that uh, our listeners should should know about? Obviously, I saw that your uh, Sweet 16 for the month came out the the most important or uh, you know the the list of recruits to keep an eye on for the Badgers as uh, things move forward. So, uh, what do you have that people should know about on the recruiting front? Yeah, definitely. So, like you talked about the Sweet 16, which we do every month, kind of, uh, it's a ranking that's kind of based on the combination of the position need, interest in Wisconsin, and then the talent level, too. So, uh, it, it's always fun trying to rank these guys in an order, kind of a pecking order. So, um, you know, that's something you could check out on the site. But, uh, you know, as I was putting that list together, the thing that stuck out to me was how many top targets Wisconsin uh, will have already confirmed and then is still trying to get on campus for their game against Michigan. So um, every year there's a big home game that they try to blow out in terms of recruiting. It's going to be Michigan yeah. this year. I've, you know, if you look at that list right now that's on the site, there's a handful of guys I've confirmed already and a few more that are still looking. So um, it should be a big weekend for them in Madison. And, you know, when you have that home game slate, as weak as it's been 
you know, this year for the Badgers, uh, Michigan is probably the best you're going to get in terms of a, you know, that big, exciting atmosphere at Camp Randall. Um, and then going back to last week's podcast, we talked about the visitors that were on campus uh, for this past weekend. And uh, we talked about Taylor Curry and where, he, you know, whether he would get an offer and if he wouldn't potentially, uh, he ended up getting an offer from, from Greg Gard and that basketball staff. And um, I'm surprised that he didn't jump on that, to be, to be honest with you. I talked about, um, you know, the, the chance that if he, if he did get offered, I thought he would jump on it quickly. That's not the case. He's, he's decided to, you know, play this process out. Uh, this, week, this week he picked up an offer from Xavier too as well. So, um, you know, he, he could wait, you know, a couple weeks. Or he could stretch it into a senior season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him now. Wisconsin, uh, you know, wants him to fill one of those two remaining spots that they have in the 2018 class uh, to join Joe Hedstrom as a four-for-five guy. So uh, keep an eye on Taylor Curry. And um, we talked about patience last year – or I'm sorry, last week in the podcast. And uh, if they were to get to Curry, they'd still have one available scholarship, and I think they'd be patient to see who they'd like to add with that. And then finally, Andrew Lyons, uh, a lineman from Kenosha Bradford High School – Came into Wisconsin Wednesday night as a preferred walk-on. Uh, I think the biggest thing to take away there is he's just another kid in a long line of guys in the last two classes who have who have turned down scholarship money in order to walk on in Wisconsin. And uh, we talked about walk-ons early in the podcast, so they kind of erase mistakes. And you know, Lions will come in and have a chance to earn a scholarship, especially in a class that right now only has one scholarship offensive lineman, Michael Furtney. And they certainly expect that to be the case come signing day. So. Uh, I think he's a guy that'll have a chance to earn one down the road. Yeah, and you, you know, you touched on uh, some basketball recruiting a little bit, so I think that's a, a good uh, time for us to segue a little bit and talk some uh, men's basketball before we uh, make our predictions for Wisconsin's upcoming football game against Illinois. Uh, you know, Jonathan Mills, you, you and I were both at the red-white scrimmage last Sunday, uh, first time that Badger fans got a chance to uh, to you know take in the uh, – the, the team as they get ready for their season. Obviously, this wasn't the first time that they played together because they had that foreign tour when they went to Australia and New Zealand, and then uh, they've uh, been practicing for a little while here. But I guess I'm curious, uh, what did you take away from the scrimmage? I know you had something up on the site, uh, your uh, your five takeaways. So uh, why don't you uh, give us a couple of the things that stood out to you as you were uh, watching the scrimmage uh, last weekend? Yeah, so first off, there's a lot of new faces on this team. Um, they're going to have to replace a lot of the key older members, Bronson, Nigel. They have four true freshmen now on this roster, and I think a few of them are going to get some playing time. And I, I particularly believe that Kobe King, he's a six foot four, 203-pound guard. He's in a, He was fantastic against the scrimmage. I think he's going to actually be a big factor. I envision him starting by the end of the year. Uh, I kind of followed him when he was a player in lacrosse, and I think he is one heck of an athlete. Um, but I believe that the biggest kind of wild card for this team is going to be Pritzel. They're going to – Badgers scored a lot on the three-point last season, and they relied on the three-point to also draw defenders out and away from Hap. And now that Hap is kind of on everyone's radar this year, I believe that if Pritzel can complete his shots – and score when the batters need him to score, I think this team is actually going to be better than a lot of people think. Yeah, I think that's the big key because obviously, you know, uh, Hap, Hap is what he is. He, he's a really good post player. Uh, he's going to be the best player for the Badgers on the on this team. Uh, but, you know, we, we kind of saw at the end of last year that 
uh, teams had really started to uh, to double up on him whenever he got the ball and kind of you know made uh, made the Badgers prove that they could score if they took Hap away. And so if they could find somebody or a couple somebodies that could hit uh, some uh, some shots from long range, I definitely think that would kind of take some of the pressure off of him and kind of open things up for them to uh, to like you said to to maybe take some people by surprise this year. I mean, I think the Big Ten is supposed to be pretty good uh, this season overall. All and uh, you know, with that, and with having uh, or with the Badgers having a a younger team, uh, with losing four of their five starters from last year, um, you know, it, a lot of people are kind of predicting that the Badgers won't finish in their, um, you know, the, the or continue their streak of finishing uh, at least in the top four of the Big Ten. I, I don't know that I want to say that. Uh, I, I definitely think they will do it uh, again this year. I think this is definitely a year where they could see that streak. Uh, snapped not not just not because of uh, the Badgers taking a huge step back but just more because of the Big Ten being um, deep this year with having you know teams like uh, Michigan State and Maryland and uh, Minnesota uh, and a whole bunch of teams all looking like they could uh, you know contend for the conference title Um, so I I guess uh, and I definitely agree with you that uh, uh, the the one that stood out the most to me was Kobe King uh, in the scrimmage he was he really kind of Looked like a do-it-all uh, a player. I mean, like he was, um, he was uh, scoring close to the basket. He was making shots from uh, from further from mid-range and long-range. Uh, you know, playing defense, uh, competing for rebounds, all that. And th- that's an easy way to uh, to get yourself you know onto the court and playing and getting some early minutes in your career. And you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know that uh, I could predict that he's going to start because I think the the Badgers like what they have in um, Trice and, and Pritzel. But I definitely think that both he and um, you know Brad Davison are going to uh, be significant factors for for this team, uh, despite being true freshmen this year. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Brad Davison, particularly against the scrimmage, he was very vocal, and for a freshman to be that vocal, at least from what I saw, that's a really encouraging sign for a Badgers team that is now without kind of their maybe a ringleader of sorts. I know Showalter was a big factor about just kind of bringing the team morale up last year. And I think that if even no matter the age, if you're a, if you're a born leader, you're going to be a leader. And I think that Davison provides that to this team and that he will in the future. I'm really curious to see if Wisconsin goes small uh, and tries to go a lot of three garden lineups. Yeah. Um, you know, but guys, you know, Davison can play the one and the two – you know, Kobe King can play the two. I'd be curious to play if he could play the three. You know, Iver, could you know? Could Iverson play the four with Hap at five? You know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, Greg Gard has talked about the the amount of of lineups that he's used, and you know, the countless you know kind of tweaks that he's made to it, and combinations that he's used. So, um, you know, Wisconsin, you know, traditionally, I guess under Bo Ryan for all those years. They go with the starting lineup and they like to stick with it. It'll be interesting to see if you know Wisconsin sticks with the starting lineup and goes with it for the rest of the year, or if they kind of deviate from that as as the course of the season rolls on. So uh, I'm curious to see if they can play lineups with Kobe King at the three, or you know just a three guard lineup in general because it might best suit what they have because you know they have a lot of question marks in the post outside of Ethan Hamp. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I liked what I saw from um, Andy Van Vliet, both uh, in the scrimmage and uh, in the practice that I got to watch after after media day. But there, there's still some some definite question marks for 
for them to kind of figure out at those uh, at that other you know one or two forward spots uh you know next to next to hap i mean like if you could get something from say van vliet and uh charlie thomas then it, it means that you know maybe you don't have to go small quite as often but you know if, if you only get say one guy to to really step up and be a, a major contributor next to next to hap it's, it might force uh you know, the Badgers hand to kind of just play, you know, their best players and not, you know, they, I, I don't know that they would be able to kind of go with that, you know, traditional, you know, Wisconsin starting lineup. They might, it, it might end up looking like a, you know, much different um, Badger team than what, you know, people kind of expected uh, to see when uh, Bo Ryan was running the show or during Greg Gard's uh, first couple of years uh, as the head coach. Yeah, I'm just curious on how also the Badgers one when Haps out on the when Haps not on the floor. I'm just curious to see how they're going to respond scoring wise. Like um, you were mentioning before that Hap is now on everyone's radar and that Hap was a big score for the Badgers. But his last seven games, last in the regular season last year, he only sh- scored. Uh, he didn't break above 15 points, and he shot under 60 under 50 percent every game except for two in his last seven. So. I think that now Hap also is going to have to take on a bigger role. I know that Hap was talking to uh, at Media Day. I was talking to Hap, and Hap mentioned he was talking to Frank Kaminsky in the off season about how he needs to be a little more of a leader on this team. And I think that that's going to go a long way for the Badgers team, especially when even when Hap's pretty young. There's a lot of kids under him now that are younger than he is. Yeah, definitely going to be an interesting season uh, with uh, the men's basketball team. That's uh, going to come up and uh, it's uh, kind of sneaking up on us a little bit. They have some exhibition games uh, that are uh, going to start. I think because they added the uh, the exhibition. I believe that's is that was that November first. Yeah, uh, so against next, Northern next Wednesday. Yeah, right. Uh, and then they'll have another one uh, the weekend, and then they'll uh, really get to start into their uh, their schedule. But before the the men's basketball team. Uh, starts their season the Badger uh, football team obviously has to uh, play out a couple more games and so you know, we were talking before the show and you know obviously the the uh, the Illinois football program is in a, a major rebuild right now um, they're, they're playing a what uh, it was a how many uh, true freshmen or, or regular freshmen did you say that uh, they're playing this year John Mack yeah I, the last thing I read was was 21 true freshmen 31 total freshmen have seen the field in the first seven games, which is just, it's just a huge number. You know, if you look at Wisconsin, you know, year after year. Youth movement. Yeah. You know, Wisconsin, it's it's usually, you know, five, six, maybe seven, seven true freshmen play right away. Uh, You know, it it, kind of shows me two things. One, that Illinois is not very good. Two, and probably the most important one is that Lovey Smith is completely bought into, I would say a complete rebuild. It would seem by, by saying, look, I'm going to play the guys that I've recruited, um, yeah. in which has been the last two classes. And that puts the upperclassmen in a difficult position. You know, you say it's a new coach, a new new philosophy, new culture around here, and I just don't fit in. So, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, at the same time, a lot of coaches aren't afforded that luxury to say, look, I'm going to need a lot of time. I'm going to start from absolute scratch here. And you know you're going to have to give me four or five years, and it sounds like Lovey's relationship with their with their AD will allow that. But uh, you know it, things are bleak in Illinois right now. You know if you look at those games, no one's coming to those games. They're not recruiting at a super high clip, and you know you wonder if Lovey's the right guy for that job. I don't know. I'm not saying I know someone who is the right guy or someone else would be a better fit, but 
they they have seemed to have uh, pushed Rutgers out of the of the cellar, and they're going to occupy that space for the foreseeable future of the Big Ten. Yeah, um, it's 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 definitely interesting because you know we were, we were saying before that the the state of Illinois produces a lot of football talent, and the Badgers have certainly um, you know taken advantage of that by you know going out and getting guys like. Uh, you know, TJ Edwards and uh, uh, David Edwards and, you know, a whole host of, you know, players that have, uh, you know, from, yeah. And uh, from a uh, I mean, like it's, it's been a place where you can get talent, um, but with, and without a, uh, you know, a, a top flight program, you know, obviously, you know, they, they have Northwestern, but Northwestern has the, the academic, um, you know, restriction or you know hurdle that they have to uh, to get over that to deal with in their recruitment and you know it just seems like you know teams like Iowa and uh, Wisconsin and Notre Dame um, and you know the you know Michigan's and Ohio State's of the world have always kind of top tier uh, talented guys away from this I think that's a big part of why Illinois has uh, has a long way to go um, but you know for this weekend uh, I've been writing uh, um, in you know the, the first and ten that I had for this weekend in uh, some the, the mailbag that was up on the site that I really think that the the big thing for this weekend is the badges just need to kind of get out of their own way um, and avoid the uh, you know pre-snap penalties and turnovers and, and other things that have you know, kind of bogged their offense down over the last couple of weeks or so. And I feel like if they can do that, they'll be fine. But is there anything that you guys are kind of looking for uh, to watch in this game, whether it's, you know, not I don't know if it's a, maybe a key to the game or, you know, something that you want to see them kind of clean up um, this week as they kind of move forward in their schedule? I want to see the Badgers clean up their offense. I mean, this is an Illinois team, like you said, John Mack, that is in now the seller of the Big Ten. Illinois last in scoring – Offense, last and rush offense, last and rush defense. They're second to last in total defense, second to last in pass defensive efficiency. So this is really a game that the Badgers offense, who have struggled in the first half of many games, can now rebound and show the show people that despite injuries, Hornibrook can still compete. The receivers can still compete. The young guys, Taylor, will continue his success. And I think that this is a good, going to be a good game to show out and put the pedal to the gas early on. Yeah, I I want to see the young guys. I I I fully expect Wisconsin to, to to be in control of this game from start to finish, and I want Paul Chris to play a bunch of young guys at the end because those are the guys I want to want to see. I mean, this is this might be the least talented team that Wisconsin has faced all season. That counts the two non-conference games to start the year. Um, you know, Mills, you talked about cleaning stuff up. Yeah, absolutely, they need to, but they just need to go out there and dominate from the start. Uh, make sure guys leave champagne healthy and, and play a lot of guys that travel down there. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, talking about comparing Illinois to Wisconsin's non-conference uh, schedule, I think the only team in terms of total, uh, in terms of quality that I would put uh, below Illinois, like through this point so far is BYU. Cause BYU's just had a, abysmal season um you know apart from their uh their game against the badgers in in september but you know i i think uh this this will be a game where you know if the badgers can 
you know, build up a, a steady lead um, in the first half and then, you know, maybe add on another score or two in the third quarter. Yeah, I think this this is a game where you, know, you probably want to see if you can get Jack Collins some uh, some reps at quarterback um, just to you know, get him uh, a little bit more experience in uh, playing, um, you know, in a, a Big Ten road game, you know, with a, with uh, you know fans that you know aren't uh, aren't cheering for you in the stands, um, except you know maybe your parents if they made the trip. But uh, it's uh, it'll be an interesting game from a, from a couple different different perspectives. Um, I, I think uh, do you, I, I yeah I definitely think that the Badgers should have a, a, a pretty easy um, multiple score win this week. I'm saying fifty to three. Fifty to three. <laughs> Scorekeepers gonna be busy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll uh, that'll pretty much do it for us here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast for this week. I uh, just want to thank everybody for listening once again. If you like what we uh, are uh, doing here on the show or on BadgerBlitz.com, we'd certainly appreciate it if you uh, gave us uh, give us a review on iTunes, uh, subscribe to the show, and if you want to uh, subscribe to BadgerBlitz.com, you can head on over to the site and uh, do that. So we'll have some. I'll be in. I'll be in lovely Champaign. Really looking forward to the the drive. Uh, early uh, early Saturday morning down there, but uh, I'll be there and we'll have plenty of uh, content up on the site from the game uh, both before and afterwards. So thanks again for listening to the show. We'll talk to you next week.